Welcome to the 8020 Project, a new podcast series sponsored by Elevate Health of Pierce County, Washington, and One Pierce Community Resiliency Fund, a subsidiary of Elevate Health. This episode of the 8020 Project features host Robert Marshall Wells, Director of Communications for Elevate Health. Today's conversation focuses on the social determinants of health that most affect the quality of life for those living with disabilities. Robert's guest is Nalani Linder, Interim Executive Director of the Tacoma Area Coalition for Individuals with Disabilities. Now, here's our host, Robert Marshall Wells. Hello, I'm Robert Marshall Wells, host for this episode of the 8020 Project, an Elevate Health podcast. Our guest today is Nalani Linder, Interim Executive Director of the Tacoma Area Coalition for Individuals with Disabilities, commonly known by the acronym TACID, which is based in Tacoma, Washington. TACID's mission is to promote the wellness, recovery, and resilience of adults experiencing disabilities in Pierce County. For some of us, those living with disabilities almost seem like a quiet minority, but the numbers are staggering. The CDC reports that some 61 million adults, or roughly one in four adults in the United States, lives with some sort of disability. And an estimated 3 million children, those under age 18, live with disabilities. This podcast is called The 80-20 Project because, as we know, 80% of the average person's health is affected by social determinants of health, while 20% is affected by health care or medicine. And in cases where a person is living with a disability, all the social determinants can be affected. Economics, education, transportation, shelter, nutrition, you name it. So, Nalani, thanks so much for being with us today to talk about these important issues. Thanks for having me. All right. So before we dive into all of those important topics, let's first get to know you a little bit. What is your professional background and how did you come to be the interim executive director at TACIT? I have an interesting background as an organizational development consultant for the last 20 plus years, working mostly with nonprofits in the Puget Sound area, Western Washington. Uh, About 10 years ago, I started working at United Way, and that's where I met the the, uh, previous executive director, Enola Rins, worked in uh, doing mostly strategic planning um, as a consultant, Mm -hmm. and then went on uh, to work at another nonprofit, did some higher ed work, all of which was really focused on either systems change or and or working with um, folks to better understand uh, racial disparities and outcomes in education, child welfare, and higher ed. Mm -hmm. Uh, This past March, Nola uh, passed away unexpectedly. And um, I had been doing their strategic planning for the last seven years, so I knew the board and staff pretty well Mm -hmm. and offered to step in as interim while they went on a search, well, while they grieved and kind of got their feet under them. Right. So here I am. All right. Well, thank you so much for your service to the community Mm. and for stepping into uh, unfortunate circumstances. So for frame of reference, um, how is disability defined these days? Well, given that I'm 
the newbie at TACID, I <laughs> consulted with the uh, wonderful staff that are there. Right. And um, what they said was that they considered basically a disability is anything, any condition that um, makes navigating life a little more challenging. Right. So any condition being cognitive, um, behavioral, mental, uh, Physical, so there some are visible, as you said in your mm-hmm. intro, and some right. are some are not. Right, right. So tell us a little bit about TACID. What's the organization's purpose? We talked about its mission at the top, but you know what exactly um, does the organization do to make a difference in Pierce County? Yeah, you know I did the strategic planning for them for seven years, and I never really got it until I became the executive director <laughs> because they do so, so much, much. Yeah. so much. So, yes, the uh, the mission is around wellness and recovery and resilience for adults, so 18 and over uh, in Pierce County, experiencing disabilities in Pierce County. Uh, so I'll start with that is the focus is really around wellness and recovery. It's not... Um, it, it's not crisis services, it's, and it's not clinical either. So people don't come in for a short-term uh, program to work and graduate from. So what it does do, though, is it provides community space and different kinds of settings for people to come and, and be with other people who, uh, who are experiencing some of the same challenges in life. Mm-hmm. So there's support groups and one-on-one conversations with certified peer counselors. So mm. we have these folks who have their own lived experience, uh, who talk to them about uh, and, and come alongside them on their journey around grief, around um, anxiety. Of, uh, we've got vo- a Voices and Visions group that is around folks experiencing schizophrenia. Um, and then we have lots of wellness activities, yoga and meditation. We have the sound bath meditation thing that is so cool. We have drumming. And then we have a day room for mostly with folks with developmental disabilities, mm-hmm. but lots of folks drop in there to play on the Wii or do the bingo or watch movies. Um, and or work in our community gardens. We have that, which is a really wonderful um, activity for folks. We also have an information and referral line uh, staffed by a certified peer counselor, specifically for folks who are experiencing disabilities so they can call in and uh, get information with absolutely no judgment or stigma. Mm -hmm. And they kind of unpack the multiple things that are happening um, in their life and and help connect them to resources. So TACIT does a lot. It does quite a bit, quite a bit. That's amazing. Well, um, in your capacity as the interim ED, what are your goals? What is it that you hope to accomplish during this transition? And um, what are your your intentions to get the next get the seat ready for the next person who occupies the role? My my first goal was to figure out what the heck an executive director does. I had been <laughs> an executive coach and a consultant, but being yeah. in the in the seat is is a little different. Um, and we do now, I think, have the have our our bearings with us a bit more now and mm-hmm. our, our feet under us. So, I've got um, I've got six months more, um, and and the launch. They just launched the executive director search. Mm. So um, those take, I, I hear, about four to six months. Right. So hopefully the timing is good. Uh, 
now that we're sort of past the uh, shock stage things and moving into uh, moving into work and we had just opened so we're figuring out what it is to be mm-hmm. open now post pandemic mm-hmm. we are about to open up to the um, the community partners who like to we this is something they do that I didn't mention before. Mm. It's also a building that has lots of really great meeting space. Mm-hmm. So community partners from other organizations can come in, you know, um, Pierce County Association of the Blind and uh, um, uh, the MS self-help group, brain injury support groups, that, that sort of wow. thing come in there too. So we are reopening to them, learning mm-hmm. what it means to do that safely um, in this weird time. Yeah. Uh, and returning back to some of the strategic goals that we had uh, before, that I helped the group figure out what they wanted to do bef- before uh, Nola passed away. So uh, a big one is growing a group that's a young adult group for BIPOC, mostly black um, individuals who are in the Tacoma Pierce County area mm-hmm. who have come together to support each other around behavioral and mental health needs, just about be in Black and Tacoma mm-hmm. and Pierce County and uh, how to support each other in their own resilience and their own journeys and what, what supports are needed there. So that group has a waiting list already and we're trying to grow it and staff it up a little bit more robustly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of excited to use the contacts that I've got here in my hometown to help yeah. connect uh, with other organizations who have some similar missions. So that's, that's I think, the biggie that I want to do before that's, I leave. That's terrific. That's great. So, you know, as I mentioned at the top, uh, one in four um, adult U.S. residents lives with some sort of disability. And uh, we assume that that number applies to those who live in Pierce County as well. What does that mean in practical terms for our community? I mean, clearly the numbers would suggest that we know personally or are related to someone, right? right? Absolutely. Am, am I right in that assumption? I think so. I, and that kind of dawned on me more as I started showing up at TACID regularly. Like, this is way more common than mm. we think, mm-hmm. especially the invisible ones. But even the, the visible ones that, you know, I had been taken for granted, like, yeah, you know, you, you are always in a wheelchair or more hard of hearing or with low vision. And that's me, too. I have ADHD and I, I navigate. And but it's uh, it, it is different uh, for folks who are navigating these challenges. Mm-hmm. So there's I think this this spurred a lot of conversation. I shared this question again with staff and absolutely the first uh, answer was around access and uh, limitations to access for just being able to get out um, and around to buildings that don't have ramps or um, or some of our green spaces that don't have areas that, that are easy to navigate with wheelchair, walker, um, that kind of thing. And there's other things too. I mean, I the ensuring sign language translators um, someone has suggested, you know, remember there always needs to be written transcripts of things that are audio, like podcasts, right? <laughs> and that there needs to, and on the, the flip side, making sure that there are image descriptions for folks who are low vision and being able to see things. We're redoing our, our website right now. Hmm. And so paying extra special attention to what are the needs for folks with low vision uh, 
needs right. when you're looking at a website, which so many of us do daily, right? right? Yeah, so it's a lot of a lot of access issues that I don't think we're always aware of. Right, right, right. From a public policy perspective, what can we do to ensure that we pay more attention to things such as access and accommodations? Yeah, I, I think the big one around just structural access, getting onto sidewalks, getting into buildings, having larger um, doorway spaces. These are things, again, as you said, people don't necessarily notice unless it's a problem for them. Mm-hmm. So right. there, there is an issue around where do we, uh, um, in, through the public policy lens, where do we uh, encourage investment uh, or advocate for more accommodations? That's, that's one area. Um, and also the thinking beforehand, I kind of like to look, you know, up, upstream at some issues. Are the uh, policies that are being discussed, are they, looking, are they being looked at through the lens of accessibility, mm-hmm. right? Like what, what more could folks do to make sure that whatever services that they're, they're designing um, are able to be accessed by everyone? Right. Have we made any progress in that regard? Are people a bit more, um, is more forethought used in planning now than, than used to be the case? That what's, what's your perspective on that? You know, I, I would say yes. I mean, that's, that's my general sense that, yes. there, that, there, are, that there are some areas, but there's a, a lot, a lot uh, further to go right. uh, for folks to be able to gain the most access. Um, and I think one area that is lagging behind uh, that is being seen right now that I hadn't mentioned is um, issues around funding because of the, with the the combo of folks who cannot work because of disability mm-hmm. and what that means for income. SSI is so low. Is that... And for it, those who don't know, SSI is... Um, Social, Social Security, Security income. Um, income. I believe, yes, okay. is the acronym. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, they, uh, the folks who depend on that, uh, it's just a pittance right now and, and it has not increased much, much at all. And it's uh, catch-22 when you are, and I know this from my previous work, mm-hmm. you know, when you are... Um, stuck in something that is very low income, that it's hard to push yourself out of that. And that can lead to depression, which is something that you might or might not have access to resources for. Right. So it it becomes a pretty uh, complex but uh, tightly interconnected problem mm-hmm. where right. public policies could, you know, that's one high leverage way mm-hmm. to get at that is mm-hmm. SSI um, increases. I want to come back to access and accommodation issues in just a moment, but let me ask you, how does TACID measure its effectiveness? Um, how do you know what you're doing is working? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, because this isn't a, um, a clinical setting and because we work so much to be as low barrier as possible, all of our services are free, the, you don't need a diagnosis, and we don't do a lot of hard counting of things other than making, you know, counting the, your participation. Mm-hmm. And then we do a quality of life survey. Mm. So this quality of life survey is asking folks about um, if the tacit services are making 
a qualitative difference in their lives and then asking for for uh, examples of that. So that's really what we have to go on. Right. And um, for folks who get that, you know, the, our wonderful funders and, and, and partners, that it really does make a big difference. Sure. Right. Is TACID 100 percent privately funded? We have um, a couple of co- we have a contract with the city of Tacoma, um, and a, a contract with uh, Beacon uh, Services to mm-hmm. uh, to provide our wellness and recovery services, and then the rest is uh, private foundations and individual gifts. We'll be back with more in just a moment. The 8020 Project is a new podcast series produced by Elevate Health of Pierce County, Washington. Elevate's mission is to build and drive community coalitions that result in better and equitable health care for all in Washington State and beyond. For more information, visit elevatehealth.org. Going back to the policy question, um, it, we are celebrating now 32 years of the American with Disabilities Act. Mm-hmm. President George H.W. Bush signed back in the day. Um, and, you know, we're talking about this. Some We've made some progress in terms of access and accommodations, but there's still a long way to go. Um, are there particular pieces of legislation? Are there particular aspects of access and accommodation that you folks are paying close attention to, particularly close attention to, um, that you'd want to talk about? TACIT's focus is less on advocacy right now and more on really being with the individuals who come through uh, the doors mm-hmm. and, and connect with us virtually. Um, what we're noticing uh, in terms of sort of systems-wide and some of, some of the issues since the um, ADA Act are some environmental issues uh, because of the pandemic, hmm. like... Um, the sense of social isolation, hmm. which hits so hard. Folks who would previously say they never had any sort of mental health issues are rethinking that, right? So right. how we respond to that has been something we've been paying attention to a lot. And, you know, it's in the news about the the huge spikes in needs for mental health. Um, that, that's been a big one. Um, and it also is what... The, the particular needs as uh, Black Lives Matter matters came up and the um, what showed up in the news that our young adults were seeing who were both isolated right. and seeing atrocities that they that is hard for all of us but particularly um, the young adults seeing people who looked like them getting murdered and trying to make sense of what it is with that. Uh, and, and, and young people and with all marginalized identities, I mean, it's, we are hoping to connect with, but that group in particular, um, we've been, we've been watching closely to see how we can respond. So I think those are areas where we have been most, um, most intently tracking. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's great. Some might believe that ADA sort of solved all of the problems for people who live with disabilities. Dispel that notion. <laughs> well, that was easy, you know, just talking to some tacit staff. That was done in about <laughs> 0.3 seconds. Okay. Yeah, and I think that what came up mostly was all the daily lived stuff, you know, the, around stigma. 
Um, so ADA did help put in more ramps or larger right. bathrooms, and that's great. Uh, but the, the sense of stigma is still huge, and it doesn't, doesn't necessarily change mindset to have mm-hmm. legislation happen, right? So that's TACID tries to be a place, I think it's always, it was founded to be a place where people could come and feel like they belonged and they weren't othered, you know? Right. And um, we are trying to help people feel like um, they can come in. Not, I mean, our, our building is fully accessible uh, for folks with a variety of disabilities. But um, the to your point that it, everything isn't solved because of ADA, there are a million little moments where folks feel everything from uh, belittlement to being completely ignored or being pitied that really weighs on the psyche. Mm-hmm. And so um, our our place is, is intended to be a safe place for them to come in and just put all that stuff down, right? And and to where they can just be fully themselves, uh, and uh, and connect in a real way, without any of that stuff, mm-hmm. because the ADA can't legislate out that. Yeah, yeah. Tacit predates the ADA. It was in existence well before the ADA, was it not? I uh, yes, it's celebrating. Um, it's over forty years old. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So how is it that um, here in little old Tacoma, Washington, we um, had the presence of mind and the forethought to establish an organization 10 years before um, it became federal law to acquire require access and, and all those things that we've been talking about? That is an excellent question. You know, that, that way predates me. Yeah. Um, I will say I've been fascinated as I've been going through the files to learn more about the history of TACID mm-hmm. because it's rich, yeah. you know. Um, so I don't know what sort of foresight or inspiration was with the people who were able to, um, who, who who founded the organization and love it if folks who are listening, um, you know, know more yeah. of that story. Yeah. But uh, we've got, I know, the city of Tacoma and TCC. Um, where that we are on TCC uh, Tacoma Community College um, land, right? right? We're on right. the property yes. there, right next and door. the city of Tacoma owns our building, so um, so they provide that to us, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, and there and there was a commitment by the mayor at the time saying this is this is going to happen, and there was also some statewide funding from. Um, an initiative, I think, that uh, gave some funding to Pierce County. I can't, it's coming back to yeah, me now. Right? Right. And and so this was how it was chosen to be used. But um, And it could have been used in so many different ways. Sure, right. Um, and four, four different organizations um, uh, that were supporting different disabilities, you know, support groups and associations in, in the Tacoma Pierce County area came together and said, there needs to be an accessible place where we can meet and be, and let's throw some, um, really good services there as well. Yeah. But the ethos and the idea of, um, peer led support and this deep idea of community, this really got fostered early, which I think is just incredible. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. To be that progressive 
you know, years before the federal government finally got around to doing anything. It's, it's, it speaks well of, of our community, to say Absolutely. the very least. So um, this is called the 80-20 Project, as I said earlier, because we're talking about social determinants of health. I think people might necessarily assume that um, the primary uh, social determinant for those living with disabilities might be transportation or mobility. Mm-hmm. But there are others, are there not? And um, can you talk to us about what those what those are and how they, what the implications are? Sure. Well, we don't want to dismiss mobility because no, it really not. is a it it really is, is a huge sure. issue, and we saw that at the with the pandemic, right? right. The, with the when the shutdown came, um, at least at Tassad, the building was closed, and folks scrambled to figure out how to access. Um, how, how to help participants access their services otherwise. Right. But then then it was access became things like, do you have internet? Do you have a computer? Right. Mm. So there's there there was something that was connected and definitely associated uh, connected to level of income mm-hmm. or or Wi-Fi and other um, area things like that when you went into the rural areas. So um, really appreciated the the former executive director uh, was from East Pierce County, Mm. which is definitely underserved in so many areas. And so um, the opportunity with the pandemic shutdown was being able to start doing more things by Zoom. So people who didn't have mobility before or, or who who didn't have access to shuttles or or basic um, transportation in mm-hmm. were able to connect. So so that is one one area where if they had the other kinds of access to uh, technology, then they then then that would help them. But those who didn't, it it drove the numbers way down. That's that's one area mm-hmm. where where mobility is still, I would say, the the number one. Mobility is, staff would say, still the number mm-hmm. one issue. Mm-hmm. But closely connected to everything else too, right? I mean, because Absolutely. without the mobility, you can't get the education, you can't get to the job, you can't get to the to healthcare, you can't get to. And yeah, that's an excellent point because uh, the one of the. Uh, our information referral specialist, uh, Barb, was telling, uh, described it as a catch-22 because if you don't have access to these things, it can be, over time, really devastating. And you've got so, the whole social isolation thing. Right. So then if you can't, can't, if you're stuck there and getting depressed or anxious, um, like so many of us saw during the pandemic, sure. in order to get help... Having to find a bus route or or shuttle, um, or pay for a shuttle, it was just not possible. And so, you know, you can get the help if you can get there, but you're depressed because right. you can't get can't. there. <laughs> it's a catch twenty two, classic catch twenty two. Wow. Well, what can those who are listening to this podcast do? What would your call to action be um, for those who? Um, you know, are open-minded and warm-hearted, but um, have taken things for granted, or just not seen the need or the um, the the gaps that exist for those who live with disabilities. Yeah. Well, 
I'll do my best to channel a little bit of my friend Nola Renz, uh, the previous director, and say that absolutely the number one thing is to see people first as people. I mean, that's pretty simple, but it's pretty profound. And mm. that's really what I've learned uh, from my time at Tacit so far, that that stigma piece that I was talking about earlier, um, that is so real and so felt that um, taking some time to acknowledge rather than be annoyed by or scared of any difference, uh, but really spend a moment to to sort of sense the, the people first is probably the number one thing. I think at a practical level, well, that is practical actually in a lot of ways, but it, at another level, the access is a, is a big deal. And if folks have any um, power or leverage to help uh, design something, and that could be you know, um, designing a building or designing um, a course and where it's going to be held mm. or um, designing a website, you know, to keep these things in mind around what does access look like for folks, for those one and four. Right. You know, I think I think that's that's one. And I'd be remiss to, if I didn't say donating to organizations and in all seriousness, donating to organizations that support folks with uh, disabilities would be huge. Speaking of which, you've got an event coming up, do you not? We certainly well, do. <laughs> you want to take a moment to advertise? <laughs> I'd love to. Uh, next Friday, a week from today, on the 7th of October, uh, TACIT is having its uh, first since the pandemic open house, interactive open house and fundraiser. So it's a chance to open our doors to the whole community for for them to come in and see what TACID does. And it's the first time it's been this interactive and it's, I think it's really going to be fun. I hope you can, I hope you can come. Uh, we'll have our day room open. We'll have the sound bath with its gongs available. We'll have the, um, the art and recovery folks doing crafts. We're going to show off our new website. We're, we're going to be letting folks experience what the participants get to experience in the way they in the way the participants do it in mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it's all by choice they get to choose that's a big thing with participants it's you 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 are the you determine the trajectory of your own life and right. your own day and this right. hour so yeah. what do you choose to do and how much do you choose to engage and it's all okay Whatever the answer is there. So we're going to invite folks in to do that. It's from 3 to 6 3 to 6 Friday. on October the 7th, Friday. And if this you're listening to this podcast after uh, the 7th, then as Nalani said, uh, donations and I would assume volunteers are, are absolutely, welcome, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so by then we'll have our, our shiny new website available at tacid.org, T-A-C-I-D.org, and they can, um, can, they can make a contribution on there or they can learn more about volunteering at our day room or, or some of the other things that we have um, opportunities for. Terrific. One last question for you, Nalani. What gives you hope? I loved that you asked this question. And... I found that um, what I kept going back to was all the little things that inspire me every day around um, around tacit. So I, I going back to my come from is in 
big systems change issues and let's talk to policy and, and decision makers about big systems change. And that's super important because we got some broken systems. But, and what gives me hope and inspiration um, is how I and others are learning to appreciate and not take for granted some of the really little but very important things of connecting with people as people, especially right now, you know? I mean, as we start to take off our masks and our buildings are open again, to connect to people as people and see past some of the other stuff. And so, it, you know, at Tacit, that means, you know, connecting with some smiles and just a little bit more of how you doing? And I, I remember what you told me yesterday. How's that going? You know, people see, feel heard and seen. And um, that's happening more and more. So that gives me hope. Nalani Linder, Interim Executive Director of TACID. Thanks so much for being with us. It's Thanks a pleasure to have for you. having me. Please support the work of Elevate Health by sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues and by leaving a rating and review. Please also like, subscribe, or follow Elevate Health Podcast wherever you are listening so that you will never miss an episode. Nalani, thanks again. My pleasure. This episode of Elevate Health Podcast was produced by Robert Marshall Wells, Kelsey Horn, and Joshua Wiersma. Original music was composed by Riley Eggy, and the episode was engineered and edited by Joshua Wiersma. Please support the work of Elevate Health by sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues and by leaving a rating and review. Please also like, subscribe, or follow Elevate Health Podcasts wherever you are listening so that you will never miss an episode.